Hi there. Welcome to the Alma Mother podcast. If you are a mom going back to school, this is the podcast for you. Listen in for encouragement, empowerment, and a little entertainment on the side as we chat all sorts of things related to the unique position of moms being in school. Everything from study tips to self-care and my very favorite topic, happy hour. Join me every week for a new episode and I can't wait to meet you. Hey, hey, mamas, welcome back to another episode of the Alma Mother podcast. I'm your host, Mandy, and I help moms who are juggling college and family to find the community and life hacks and self-care that they need to make life fun and functional. I am so excited for today's episode. We are going to be looking at how you can use your strengths, your character strengths, to help improve your life and make it even, even better. So I don't know if you've ever done one of those inventories uh, that kind of tells you uh, what your strengths are and what you're good at and where your uh, personality, there's all kinds of different ones out there. The Enneagram is one, there's color personality tests. Uh, I mean, there's, there's endless ones. I'm going to talk to you about one particular one today about your character strengths and you can uh, hop online. I'll give you the link and you can uh, take the, the survey for free to find out what yours are. But before we get started, as we usually do, I've got a cocktail recipe for us. This is a super summery cocktail. It's actually a take on the old drink called a Tom Collins, which was uh, a gin beverage. You know me and my love of gin drinks. Uh, but it was made with a liquor called Old Tom which is a sweet style of gin that's extremely hard to find today. So this variation is called a limoncello Collins. And I don't know if you've ever tried limoncello. It's a lemon flavored liqueur. Um, I believe it originates in Italy and it absolutely tastes amazing by itself, but making this Collins drink with it is spectacular. So the ingredients that you'll need to make this limoncello Collins Uh, This is going to make a pitcher full, and then you can share, of course, and entertain, and this would be a great one uh, to have and just keep on hand. You're going to need 16 ounces of limoncello, 12 ounces of gin, eight eight ounces of fresh lemon juice, and then 24, if you can make that many, paper-thin lemon slices. And this is actually just bonus garnish. It makes it beautiful, but if you are short on time and you don't want to slice the lemons, no worries. Um, Then you'll need some ice and about 16 ounces of chilled club soda. And then if you'd like to garnish at the end with mint sprigs, that just puts it the extra fancy touch. This one's not hard to make at all. You're going to combine in a pitcher the limoncello, the gin, and the lemon juice then it's best if you can let that refrigerate and kind of marinate all together for at least a couple of hours in the refrigerator. And then as you're preparing to serve this, you want to, if you are interested in this uh, garnish, you want to press three thin lemon slices against the inside of each of eight Collins glasses. That just makes it look really, really pretty. Then you'll add the ice to the glasses, stir the limoncello mixture, and pour it into each of your eight glasses. And then you want to add a couple of ounces of club soda uh, into each glass, and then you can garnish with a mint sprig. 
So that is the Limoncello Collins. And I'll, of course, link the recipe in the show notes. All right, Alma Mothers, today's topic is about how to know what your character strengths are and how to utilize those in your life to help you be more successful. So when we're, when we're thinking about engaging in our lives and living life to, our, to the very fullest that we can, when we use our strengths and talents, we can meet all of the challenges that, that come up against us, whether it's studying when your kids are asleep or trying to find time to fit that assignment in, we can learn how to use our strengths to overcome all of those challenges. Learning something new or working closely with others or simply being kind are a few pathways that you can use to meet those challenges. When we learn how to engage with our highest strengths and talents, we are in this place of flow where it, you kind of tune everything else out and you're able to focus with a laser intensity on what it is that you're doing. When we don't have that in our lives, sometimes we can feel adrift or lost, um, but we, we can learn to cultivate this idea of working with our strengths and bring it into our well-being. So what I would like to talk to you about today is this idea of your character strengths. So maybe you're athletic, Maybe you are a great artist or you have great dance moves. A talent can really be anything that comes easily to you. Maybe you think more easily to you than to others. It might have been something that could have been one of the first things that you got a lot of praise and attention for. Maybe something you, you became really known for. It may have led to some of your earlier experiences of engagement in life. Maybe you were told that you were really good at something um, that probably drove you to, to dive into it more deeply, to improve, to really focus and hone your skills. Um, maybe it's something really simple like your handwriting or your typing speed or your um, cooking ability. I'm just trying to think of some different examples for you. But once you identify an activity as something that feels right, that's a sign that you're engaged. That's a great sign that that's a good talent. But really being engaged in life is more than just talent. Um, so you wouldn't be in college if you didn't have talent. I know sometimes it feels like, oh, I'm not talented. I see other people that are talented, but we all have talents. If you want to become talented, if you want to live an engaged life, for that, we need to think about our character strengths. And so there are so many different inventories and sets of, of character lists. I know there's one called Strengths Quest that I remember doing when I was in college. There's the Enneagram. These are all different kind of almost like a personality assessment, and they all look at different aspects of your life. But the one that I'm going to talk to you about today has 24 strengths of character. And so the first thing we've got to do is to figure out what your strengths are. For me, this is always hard. I, when people ask me, so what are you really good at or what are your strengths? I always struggle with how to answer that because sometimes you're embarrassed to say what you think you're good at or where you think your strengths are, or maybe honestly, you really just don't know. So figuring out what your strengths are are really, really important. So I'm going to link in the show notes 
the uh, the link to this particular uh, character inventory. It's called the VIA, V-I-A Strengths Survey, and it's free. You can take the survey. Uh, I took it in about, I don't know, eight minutes. It does not take very long at all. Um, but you get a report at the end of your of your strengths and they divide them out into your highest, your middle and your lowest strengths. And so then you really kind of have an idea of where you are. Now, I will warn you on that page when you get your report, they're going to try to sell you for forty nine dollars a full report that you can download. But please don't feel obligated to pay for that. Just use this as a tool to see what your what your character strengths are. And then we're going to continue talking about them through the episode. So once you identify what your strengths are and you've taken the survey, your, your top strengths, or some, some people call those your signature strengths, they've really been shown to increase college students' confidence and sense of purpose. You know, the, the sad thing is so many people don't have any idea what their strengths are. They're not familiar with their strengths and they don't have any idea how to use those to their advantage. Um, and then even for the people that do know what they are, what their strengths are, even a smaller percentage of people actually use their strengths to their advantage. And so we're going to talk about those today. So some of the strengths that you might see on this survey that come out are creativity and curiosity and love of learning and bravery and honesty humility and teamwork and fairness. So you're going to you're going to take that assessment and I'll just tell you, let me click over here to this website and I'll tell you my list of character strengths that came out. Um, I'll give you my top five um, and then I'll also tell you a few of my lowest strengths that came out. They don't call them weaknesses. They just call them your lowest strengths. So my number one signature strength, this will not surprise anybody at all, is love of learning love of learning. So mastering new skills, topics, and bodies of knowledge, whether on one's own or formally, it's related to the strength of curiosity, but it goes beyond it to describe the tendency to add systematically to what one knows. I mean, I consider myself a lifelong learner. I have three degrees in science education. I went all the way through with a PhD. I do love learning. I love learning new things. I love figuring, you know, new things out. I'm, I mean, even little things like I'm just this summer learning how to love gardening. I have never had a green thumb. My mother is a master gardener. My granddad was a master gardener. I have never been able to keep a plant alive, but I have found a way. <laughs> I'm using an app that's telling me when to water and fertilize and prune and do all of these things. And I'm actually enjoying keeping up with these plants. It's a new world for me. It's this, it's a new, uh, a new little adventure. So love of learning absolutely fits for me as my number one signature strength. My next four down the list for my numbers two, three, four, and five were love, gratitude, fairness, and hope. And I find that so fascinating. I, I think that fits me really, really well. Then they've given me the list of all of my middle strengths. And then let me just be completely honest and vulnerable here and tell you guys my five lesser strengths. Of those 24 that came out of this list of the VIA classification system, my five lesser strengths, my lowest scores, were prudence, spirituality, perseverance, 
bravery, and self-regulation. And honestly, those are the truth. I have, I'm way impulsive. I'm not prudent. I don't think through consequences. Sometimes I jump before I think through what's going to happen. I don't consider myself a very brave person. I'm, I'm a little bit of a wallflower sometimes. Um, perseverance, I do, I start more things than I finish. I mean, these are all, I, I definitely agree that these came out uh, to, to describe me. So I encourage you to hop online. If you, if you can't get to the show notes where I have the link, just Google via character, V I A character strengths, and you can go take the free survey that's there. All right. I'm hoping that you have paused and gone back and gone to the website and taken the inventory to find out what your strengths are. But it's okay if you haven't. I'm going to talk about how we can figure out how to use those strengths once you know what they are. So you've identified them. Now let's explore what we can do with them. So the strengths that are going to help you be your best, those were the most helpful in the studies um, and in student stories. They're called your signature strengths. And I, I read you through mine in the last segment. But most people have between three and seven that fall into that category of their signature strengths. And you'll find them among those ranked at the top of your assessment results when you get that, uh, that report at the very end, the, the free results. If you have any doubts about which are yours, walk through your top strengths and ask yourself these questions. So do you feel particularly excited when you're putting that strength to use. I'm going to use mine, my love of learning example. I definitely feel excited when I get to learn something new. When you use this strength, do you feel like the real you? Do you feel like the real me? I absolutely feel like I'm most at home when I'm learning something. Do you have a strong desire to use it frequently? Does your energy get renewed when you use it? Do you feel particularly happy, enthusiastic, or even ecstatic when this strength is part of your process? So those are some questions that you can ask yourself as you're looking at those top strengths, the signature strengths that come out of your inventory. You might start to begin to see a connection between using your strengths and being at your best. And that's definitely something that we want to encourage. There was a recent study that was done in New Zealand um, about 10,000 New Zealanders, this study found that people who were highly aware of their strengths were nine times more likely to be thriving in their life than those who didn't have that awareness of their strengths. And then to take it one step even further, the participants who frequently used their strengths were 18 times more likely to thrive in their lives than their peers who rarely put them to use. So knowing, identifying your strengths is one step that you can use to even just improve your life. I mean, nine times more in thriving in your life, but think about the power that you have available to you there when you actually put these strengths to use. So a lot of times people find top strengths that they have trouble relating with. I definitely... Um, didn't feel that. I felt like the top strengths that I had 
all described me really, really well, but you might find one that you're like, hmm, that doesn't really seem like me, or you might not even see it as a strength at all. So let me ask you a few questions. Can you predict which strength predicted military performance for West Point candidates? These are the, the students who are going to West Point Military Academy to become officers. Do you think it was bravery or self-regulation or perseverance? I mean, those are all really good qualities. But if you guessed that the key to their performance was the, the uh, character strength of love, you would be correct. Would you have ever guessed that? So after some initial hesitancy of realizing that this was the case, the soldiers realized that one of the only things powerful enough to make one risk their life for another, and of course, when you're on the battlefield, that's exactly what's happening, is that you would obviously have to love the person standing next to you in order to, to risk your life for them. And so beyond bravery or justice, it's the love that they have for another person. Now, bonus question. What strength predicted the greatest loyalty to their commanders? Keep guessing. Can you think through maybe what that might be? <laughs> Would you be surprised to hear that it was humor? We can all be leaders in our own way. Um, we Some lead through humor, some lead through wisdom. Uh, Gandhi may have led through love or spirituality Steve Jobs was a leader through creativity, and I think of Barack Obama leading with hope. Uh, but before dismissing a strength when you see it come up on your report, really think through times when you've been at your best, and you may, you may see a relation there for how you can shine. So when you're looking down your report list, remember those lesser strengths? We don't call them weaknesses. So strengths are measured by degrees, not absolutes. It's not that you have one and you don't have another. We just have lesser strengths, but we don't want to call them weaknesses. There's always a reason to have those around. Um, there's, there's always, you know, a way that you can pull it up and strengthen it or call on it when you need to. So you heard me say that spirituality was one of my lowest strengths. Um, I definitely call on my faith when I need to, but it's it's definitely not um, not something that I uh, scored very highly on on that assessment. So some people worry that working on a lesser strength will be painful or it will, you know, it won't bring you the benefits that you would get if you were working on one of your higher, you know, greater signature strengths. But there was a study that was done of undergrads at Lewis Clark State College. And the researchers saw that it doesn't have to be a chore to work on your lesser strengths. They randomly assigned some students uh, to work on two of their top five strengths or one of the top and one of their bottom five. And they found that both groups found the same increase in their life satisfaction. So something has to be at the bottom of the list, right? We can't all have, you know, 24 signature strengths. But if you feel like a, one of your lesser strengths is diminishing your happiness, just remember that you can always change it. These aren't set in stone. You can always improve any of those. So if you could possibly pair up a lower one with one of your top five, you can move it up and your well-being will rise. So as an example, I might pair spirituality with my love of learning and try to learn something new about uh, 
about my faith or about um, you know something going on or a, a historical event, that would pair those two together and pair up one of my signature strengths with my, one of my lesser strengths. That would just be an example for you. All right, so we've learned how to identify our strengths. We're gonna take the assessment. We've learned why it's important and how we can use our strengths to help improve our life satisfaction and how we can bring some of those lesser strengths up. That's really kind of step one, but the real adventure really gets started when you start to explore your character strengths in greater depth. It's, it's not only gonna help you understand your strengths, it's also gonna help you understand you and not just you, but you at your very best. You're going to really start to see where you shine and where you sparkle and where you really can do your best work. So one of the things I like to recommend is that you get an outside perspective. Take those top strengths, those signature strengths that came out of your assessment and share them with someone close to you. Maybe it's a spouse or a friend or a classmate or you know, a family member. See what they think about them and see if they relate those to you. Sharing the language that is on the description of each of those might help. So they kind of have a little bit more to go on. But you can also talk about these with friends or journal about them, um, about how you feel like they played a role at some time when you were at your very best. You can really start to get an understanding of how they can have an impact on your life. So once you know what your strengths are, we want to make sure you're using them in your everyday life and using them to your advantage. If you're not using your strengths, it's like carrying around a tube of sunscreen, but never putting it on. So we want to make sure that, that you're using those strengths. There was a study done um, on 240 second year college students, and the researcher asked them to write down their top three goals for the semester. And so they, they were given some examples such as attend most of my lectures, have fun and enjoy myself, and stop drinking alcohol during the week. Those were some of the examples that were given to the students. But the participants were instructed that the goals have to be personally meaningful. Their research study turned out that the signature strengths accounted for more than 50% of the reason that the students achieved their goals. So we can use these goals in all areas of our lives. It might be academic, it might be personal. Um, at the end of the day, your strengths can lead to both happiness and engagement. Um, you can use these strengths to engage yourself in your life in ways that can make you happy on so many different levels. I'm wondering if you've ever been so engrossed in an activity that you've completely tuned everything else out. I know that this happens at my house with my teenagers. So when they're very engrossed in a game um, or uh, some kind of like they're listening to music, they tune me out and they stop responding. They don't listen. Part of it, I think, is that they have on headphones. But have you ever done something where you just tuned everything else out? I'll do this sometimes when I'm driving home. I will completely forget that I drove myself home. I will have been thinking about something else. And I just drove on autopilot. I don't remember passing a particular milestone. Have you ever had that happen to you? That place when you're in that laser focus kind of attention, that's called flow. That's called being in the flow or being in the zone of flow. 
So being in flow has been linked not only with the development of skills and of a higher levels of performance, but it's also part of the greater positive emotion and life satisfaction. So a researcher from Harvard um, has found in her research that not only are people more creative when they're in that state of flow, but also that their, their heightened state of creativity one day can continue on to the next. So when we're using our highest strengths and talents, just like we've been learning about in this episode, the level of challenge meets the level of our skill. So we want to be in a place where we're not bored, but we're not anxious because it's too difficult. It's not, we have to have this sweet spot in the middle and that's where flow really starts to happen. You want your level of challenge to meet your level of skill. Too little challenge and you're going to be bored. If it's too easy for you, you're not challenging yourself enough. But if it's too much of a challenge, your anxiety will take over and you'll feel like you will never be able to to do whatever it is. But when we find that sweet spot in the middle, that's where we call flow. Now, if staying in flow were that simple, we would just live there, right? We'd find the sweet spot and we would just live there. But as your skills improve and as your strengths get stronger, you've got to keep up the challenge. You have to keep changing it and and, um, improving it so that you can keep up with that. So finding just that little sweet spot between your skill level and the challenge um, is one thing you can do. But there's also two more things you can do to affect your flow. One is that you can look at the process. And that's really when we're thinking about not doing things for the applause or for the finish. You really want to enjoy the process. You're not doing something because someone told you to or you feel obligated Um it's, it's because the process, the moment-to-moment actions that you take are what becomes fulfilling. So for me, learning is a lifelong process. I'm never going to get to a point where I can say, oh, I learned that. I'm done with that. Constantly keeping that moving and moving the learning bar forward and, and further along is something that I look forward to. I love the process of learning. Maybe it's an instrument and you're trying to learn an instrument and there's times when you feel like nothing exists but the music. You're completely lost in your in your uh, practice. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's an internship that you're doing. And you are blending your, your talents and your skills with just the right level of challenge. And you completely lose track of time in what you're doing. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. But you're really focusing in on the process and enjoying those moment-to-moment tasks and and wins and milestones are so much more fun than focusing on that end goal that you're trying to get to, right? So enjoy yourself as you're working on your degree. Don't worry. Don't focus so much on just finishing a class or finishing an assignment or getting to that stage to walk across with your diploma. Those are all amazing goals and you'll get there, but don't forget to enjoy the little moments going along as you, as you work your way through. The other piece that can go along with looking at your skill level and your challenge, in addition to process that we just talked about, is your absorption. So how absorbed are you in the task? This is when you may lose track of time. You may not hear people talking to you. You may forget to answer your phone or not even realize that you're getting messages. You may forget to eat because you're so engrossed in what it is that you're doing. And so to get to that state where you're so laser focused, you've got to be locked in. You've got to have clear goals. 
You've got to know what it means that what you're working towards, you're communicating um, in in ways that are helping you to move yourself forward, but you're you're in that zone, that flow that's going to get you there. Now, one caveat to that is sometimes you might feel like you're in the flow when you're binge watching Netflix. Okay. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. That's called junk flow. And that's not what we're looking for. So if you've been binge watching, I don't know, like me, Grey's Anatomy or um, Gilmore Girls for five hours straight and you stand up and, you know, brush the pretzel dust off of your shirt and you're like, hmm, I'm so excited. I just binge watched for five hours. That's not the feeling we're going for, people. Television is a kind of a junk flow. I would put video games there. I'm not saying it's bad. I do it too. But don't let yourself think that you're in that good place of flow just because you've spent five hours in the zone without paying attention to anything else because you were watching Downton Abbey or whatever your show is that you choose. So make sure that you're in the flow in a great place that's going to push you forward in your actions. I'm going to leave you with a couple of exercises today that you can do to help you get to this place of flow and to use those character strengths to your advantage. Number one is to take some time to really think through a time when you remember being at your very best. Maybe it was your most resilient moment or you were in a, you know, a challenge that you were trying to get through an obstacle, really kind of think through that experience in as much detail as you can focus on where you were, who was there with you? What were you proudest of both in the process and in the outcome? And then how did your strength or your strengths play a role in that uh, endeavor, in that experience? Every time you go through this exercise, you're going to find ways for remembering how your strengths have played a role when you were at your best. And you can appreciate their power and your power in that, that using them for a motivation to help you find clarity around your work so that you can do even better work the next time. Another exercise you can do is applying your signature strengths in in new ways every single day. Studies show that that will lead to benefits that include increased well-being and fewer depressive symptoms for as long as you keep it going. So keep your list of signature strengths where you can see them and set a goal of using at least one of them every single day. So here is a fun uh, couple of examples. If humor is your strength, if that's one of your top signature strengths, go to a comedy club, try some improv, volunteer at a home for the elderly with the sole purpose of making people laugh. Just try to use your strength every single day. If it's curiosity, if that's one of your top strengths, try a new food or visit a new place on campus that you've always wondered about. I have a list that I will post in the show notes that is three, let me see how many it is, 340 ways to use your VIA character strengths. Now, this is a huge document and it's for free. I'll I'll link it in the show notes, but let me give you some examples here. So I'm going back to my example of love of learning. That was my top signature strength. This researcher has put together movies for your particular strength songs. I'll tell you my movies that were recommended were Billy Elliot and a beautiful mind. Then there was a cat Stevens song that was recommended. And then he has 14 things listed here, 
to help encourage me to use that particular strength. So I'll just read you a couple of these. Deliberately learn five new words, including their meaning and usage, at least twice a week. Use a dictionary, website, or a word of the day email list to generate new words. A second one is to visit a new museum every month and write about new things that you learned. Bring a friend or family member and listen to their impressions of the trip. A third one, and this is the last one I'll read to you, is to read a nonfiction book monthly on a topic you find absorbing and engaging. Find others who share your interest and swap books after finishing. So there's 14 different ideas just on that one strength. And he's got this for every single one of those 24 character strengths so that you can see and use those strengths every single day. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you go take the survey and I really hope that you would reach out and let me know what were your top signature strengths. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram or you can email me. All of those are here coming up in the little outro for our podcast. Thanks for joining me again this week, you guys. I will see you again next week. Hey, friend. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm so honored that you spent your time here on the Alma Mother podcast. I know that there are so many different ways that you can spend your time. I'm just so, so grateful that you spent your time today here with me. I would love to connect with you. If you are on Instagram, my handle is at Prof Mommy, P-R-O-F-M-O-M-M-Y. I'd love to connect with you there. I have a Facebook group for moms in college that I'd love for you to be a part of. It's called Alma Mother, just like this podcast. You can search for it or send me a message, and I'd love to get you connected over there in that Facebook community. I also have a great freebie for you on my website. I've redone my website and I'm really excited for you to get to see it. I have a free productivity planner just for moms in school. It's 32 pages worth of all kinds of planners and trackers that you can use that will hopefully be helpful to you uh, in your college life as a mom. There's daily planners, weekly to-do lists, self-care trackers, uh, budgets, bill trackers, uh, monthly calendars. We've got all kinds of family schedule, study schedule, future semester plans. I have a goals check in there for you, a group project plan page, all kinds of fun things for you to get to use. I hope that it is useful to you and you can grab it over on my website, www.mandybiggers.com. That's M-A-N-D-Y B-I-G-G-E-R-S.com. I hope to see you again next week. I go live every Wednesday with a new episode of Alma Mother. And until then, have a great week.